That's what we're going to do. So there you go. Great. We're going to move on now to the Transformed Life series, and Sally will put the slides up. And uh, when we begin a new series like this, um, there's often an introductory kind of talk, and this is what this is. And some of it you'll, you'll think, oh, yeah, I knew that, I knew that. But actually, what I think it really is going to help us do as a church is reset, uh, reset uh, back to a transformed life. And it, it feels a bit like, to me, this series, um, it feels like the thing you do when, when your laptop, phone, or whatever has that spinning symbol, whatever type of device you use, and it's like, bear with, bear with. Bear with, and you can stand it for just so long, and then you go, ah, can't take it anymore, it's been 10 seconds, ah, and then you hit reset, or if you're really frustrated, you do a hard reset, which is when you press two buttons at once, and it goes beep, and then it comes back on, and the device, the device you've just reset, it's got all the same information, it, it still has the same ability to communicate, it's got all the same data, it just needed a reset, and we've been through a pandemic, and this whole mixture of things has happened to us to cause uncertainty and confusion and frustration and isolation. And though fundamentally not much will have changed, the Bible hasn't changed, God hasn't changed, his power hasn't changed, we've got mixed up with fear, anxiety, isolation, control, restrictions, and that challenges and I find chips away sometimes at your faith and your heart and your head all at the same time, and it can be a bit like, bear with, bear with. But what am I waiting for? Well, I think maybe we're waiting for us for this, to reset, to get back to living a transformed life in faith, in Jesus Christ. And so we're going to go on this journey together as a family where we establish and reestablish some foundational truths in our lives, in God's word, and by his spirit. And so over the next eight weeks, we are going to be focusing on three critical life questions, and they are these. Who am I? Where do I fit? What am I living for? And these questions concern our need to know our identity, our belonging, and our purpose in God. And they're vital for the whole existence that we have, the whole security have and we have, and our faith in God. And so throughout this series, we're going to focus on Ephesians 1 to 3, a fantastic letter written by Paul the Apostle. I'm going to find out the answers to these questions because it's so important to be clear and secure about these issues because if we're not, we can end up a bit like the story of the ugly duckling, the story based on that fairy tale, Hans Christian Andersen that you might know, where a young bird is born into a family of ducks and he looks different. He gets rejected. They're in the abused, and they say, you're different. We don't, we don't understand you. We don't like you. And he can't find a place where he fits. He's cast out, and he wanders around, searching for acceptance, searching for a place, belonging, and purpose. He ends up spending a miserable winter alone, and when spring comes, he finds a flock of swans. He thinks, well, I'll give it a go. I'm going to go over there and see what they say. And as a last resort, he discovers he has a place of acceptance. The ugly duckling went to the swans, and the swans were shocked. And, and he was shocked to find that the swans went, well, you're one of us. You're a swan, just like us. How amazing. And he wondered why then, when he looked in his reflection, and he realized, ah, he wasn't just an ugly duckling. He was a swan in the making. And over the winter, he'd grown into one. And you probably know the story. And sometimes, perhaps, we can start to feel a bit like this ugly duckling, confused about our identity, struggling to fit in, struggling to know a purpose, particularly in a time like this. And as a result of feeling that way, we respond sometimes in 
the wrong way as, way, uh, as well. We, we forget. We reject our uniqueness. We forget our original design, and we get caught in a comparison trap. And we go to look to others to see how we compare to them, or we look on social media and we see more successful people or more popular people and so on, and we, we might then go on to assess, well, how much am I worth by looking at how many friends we got on Facebook or how many followers on TikTok or how many likes on Instagram. And then at other times, we get confused by defining our self-worth by our net worth. How much do I earn? What car do I drive? What clothes do I wear? And all those are unhelpful. And so that's what happens when we try to... I, define our identity, belonging, and purpose by looking in the wrong places. And so if we want to find those answers to those questions, who am I, where do I fit, what am I living for? Well, we've got to go to the right place. We've got to go to God. We've got to go back to his word. We've got to reset because he's our creator and he alone made us. I, I find it astounding that he knows everything about me. Even the things I don't know about me, he knows. And he knows them all about you as well. He knows you better than you know Itself. And the good news is that he's gone to great lengths to help us understand ourselves using the Bible and the Spirit. And so there's three key truths that we need to realize about our design as human beings. And again, a lot of them you'll think, oh, that's familiar. I know that. And I'm glad. I'm glad for a lot of you that's the case. But we're going to start here. We're going to start with the foundation. And the first one is this. We have been marvelously made. And I want to illustrate this uh, using a phone, a phone like an iPad or a computer. It's amazingly complex. It's cleverly designed. It's sleek. It fits in my pocket. And it can do so many things. But this is not nearly as amazing as you. <laughs> yes, Kinga. Yes. It's not nearly as amazing as you. It's not. You have a phenomenal physical body of which I learned recently that if you take some a section of intestine out and join the other bits up, it still works. You can't do that with a phone. You can't take the back off. Think, I'll take the power button out. Oh, no, it doesn't work. No, it doesn't. The reality is you have an amazing brain. You've got an amazing set of kidneys. You've got some amazing parts of your body. And that's just the material stuff. What about the stuff in your head where you, it, you, you have the ability to receive and give love? Where you have the ability to experience joy? And you have the ability to... Laugh and, and make those connections, those neuro pathways can be renewed and changed and moved. And I guess that's kind of what we're going to do a bit in this series. We're going to change some neuro pathways. And that's some of the stuff that we, we have to get our head around. This might be impressive, but it's nothing compared to you. You've been specially designed as human beings to be the very crown of God's creation. <laughs> if that doesn't make you smile, I'm not sure what else I can say to you today to make you do that. I mean... Of course, whenever Jesus wants us to remember fundamental truths, he points back to the beginning. And we're going back to the beginning right now. Genesis 1, 27 to 28, it says this. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God. He created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Notice here, we see something of our original identity, again, looking back. In the image of God, like God held up a mirror, and we were the reflected image. It, it's something that we do. We reflect the creator himself, and it's a glorious identity. And it's our original place of belonging as well, as well in community. And this is one of those things that's been eroded in this last couple of years. We've been taken out of community. It's against the created 
order of things. We're not made for isolation. We're not made to be alone. That's why it's so important to be together. We're called to be together, male and female, together as a family. And then notice that original purpose, to be blessed and empowered to be God's co-rulers and stewards, governing the rest of creation for his glory. And so if we're marvelously made, and that's our original design, why, why are we struggling so much? Well, that glorious identity, secure place of belonging, and high purpose, well, it's been eroded. Like I say, it's, again, it's a bit like the ugly duckling. It's a, sometimes on our part, it's a failure to realize or a failure to believe how marvelously made we are, how often we forget. And it's rarely we think of ourselves in, that, in those terms. But our problem as human beings goes deeper than just our thought life. It goes much deeper. Uh, and our, we may not appreciate our original design, but, but further than that, something fundamentally has gone wrong. We've not just been marvelously made. We are fatally flawed. And so if I take the phone again, and I imagine I drop it. I mean, actually, it is broken, so I could just drop it. Um, so uh, ultimately, that's what happens um, when in Genesis 3, the phone gets broken. It's, it's still a smartphone, perhaps. The crack, maybe the screen gets cracked. If, has anyone ever done that? You ever cracked your screen? So annoying, isn't it? Anyway, so you, it gets broken. The hard drive gets broken, maybe. And maybe it can still function a bit, but it's something way below what it used to be in the original designer's eyes. And similarly, having been made in the creator image, we see in Genesis 3 how that happens, how we get broken. And we don't just get broken. The, the original sin of Adam and Eve puts us actually into a way, a prison of shame and guilt and sin. And it's like we've had a, a scar torn down the middle of us and we're totally depraved as a result of this one action right back at the beginning. And it's gone through all the generations. And since then, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, which makes us utterly incapable of living the glorious lives that God wills for us. We're flawed. And whether you're aware of that or not, or whether you're just okay with it, <laughs> we still live way below the original standard God intended for us. And we suffer serious dysfunction through all aspects of our life. And we, and we reflect, to re reflect uh, sorry, we we don't reflect God when we are in that condition, in such a bright way, you might say. And if there is anything good in us, you might say, well, I've got some good things about me, you know, like this, like that, I'm a bit like this, a bit like that. But actually, your true identity is messed up. You kind of have to acknowledge that. You kind of got to be accepting of, in, of that, in a, in a way, to believe this truth from the Bible. And since that security, that identity that came from God is, no, is broken, we're no longer in right relationship with him. It's why we go looking in lots of different places for affirmation. And the same is true for our sense of belonging. And the same is true for our sense of purpose. Both have been um, broken. Our, you may have symptoms, perhaps, of not believing you belong. You might have lots of Facebook friends or social media friends, but no one really knows you. You might drink too much, or you might act boldly to help try and fit in with the crowd, or you may be in a group, but you always kind of feel a bit on the outside. That's kind of like a symptom of not really feeling like you belong. Or, or you may do what I, I did as a teenager often. Uh, I would wear masks, figuratively speaking. I know we all wear masks physically these days. But figuratively speaking, I'd wear a mask. So wherever I went in my life, 
I just was whoever people wanted me to be. And I, ne- I was never truly myself. And I, I lacked a, a sense of belonging. I just tried to be, fit in wherever I could fit in. Like, like trying to jam a puzzle piece that doesn't fit into the wrong place. It doesn't work. It's not, not good for you. Not good for the puzzle either. I try telling my children that. But anyway, <laughs> poor puzzle. Anyway, um, and it's also eroding our sense of purpose, what happened back there. You, you may have symptoms of a lack of ultimate purpose. You might have a job. You might even have a successful job. But you still lack a sense of real significance in that job. And several years ago, and he's been in the news lately as well, Boris Becker, he was, he was one of these people who was very successful. He was at the top of his game playing tennis. He said, I'd won Wimbledon twice. I was rich, he said. I had all the material possessions I needed, but I had no inner peace. I was just a puppet on a string. And he's not the only one. Jack Higgins, author of a novel, uh, The Eagle Has Landed, and others, was asked what would he like to have known as a boy. And he said, well, that when you get to the top, that there's nothing there. And so for material success doesn't bring you a sense of purpose either. And they're examples of people who've made it, you might say, uh, in a worldly sense. But even if you're not a billionaire or a millionaire, perhaps you can still identify with some of the feelings of emptiness or apathy this side of the pandemic. Maybe, Maybe that time the last couple of years, has, has kind of thrown your faith. It's kind of thrown you a bit. Or you're, you are starting to struggle to feel like you belong, but you felt like you belonged before. Or maybe you're struggling with apathy. You're struggling to, find, to establish and believe in an ultimate purpose in life as a result of it. And I know we'll all be different, but they're just some things that came to mind. Maybe it's where you are. And I just want to say, if you, st- if you do feel like that today, uh, you can express that. You can still believe in Jesus and feel a bit like, I don't belong at the moment, or I feel like I don't have a purpose, or I feel like I'm not sure who I am. You, you can do that. That's what happens sometimes. And we just need to give a bit of permission, uh, I think, sometimes to confess that we felt or are feeling that way. That's, that's what I would say. And I, I'd encourage you in life group, get vulnerable, get honest with each other. Don't feel shy to say, do you know what? I've just felt like this for this long, and I, I just want to get back to God. I want to get back to the reality the real life, the life I'm meant to be living. And you know, you know it's okay to be vulnerable like that if you've ever read the Psalms. If you've ever read any Psalms, you'll, you'll know that it's okay to express things that you think, oh, I shouldn't say that as a Christian. Well, actually, no, you can. You can. It's okay to express these things to God. Express them to one another. Receive prayer. I do believe good things come from deep confessions because when you, when you confess to God and you confess to another person about how you're really feeling it's like a tidal wave of grace then washes over you. You finally said it out loud. And I, I find this sometimes. I don't find it easy always to admit that I'm feeling uh, the way I'm feeling. And I just want to encourage you that it's okay to be honest with God in that way. Let that tidal wave of grace come and sense it, feel it. When, it, when, you, do ex- when you do express exactly how you feel wholeheartedly to him. I think that's what's going to happen in the next few weeks. I think we're going to see this. I believe God's going to undertake a a restoration of us, a restoration of souls. You know, again, in the Psalms, it says, wake up, soul. I think he's going to wake some of us up. He's going to, he might wake us all up because <laughs> he so dearly loves us. He so wants us to live a transformed life. And a while ago, towards the end of the recording, when we were in the studio, we had a really strong word. It's, it stuck with me. Um, God said he's going to repair, restore, and rebuild. And that's perhaps just what this season is all about. He's going to take that time to do it. 
And we need to respond to him in faith and believe him for that. So we're marvelously made, fatally flawed, but thankfully God doesn't leave us as we are. When we're in desperate need of rescue and restoration, the good news is that, point three, we can be totally transformed. You can be totally transformed. And once again, I'm going to use the smartphone to explain this. So you take it out. It's in its dirty old case. Well, we could have chosen a different color case, but it wouldn't have really done the illustration any good at all. But Jesus, he wasn't like this. He was the royal king of heaven. He came down to earth. He's purple because he's royal, because he's the king of the universe. Just want to highlight that. It's going to be a royal month next month. Anyone know that's coming? And through his death and death on the cross, he came to pay the price for our disobedience. He went down into the grave, and then he was resurrected again. And his ascension points to the Holy Spirit who was going to come and transform everyone's life, just like it did as he did when he walked around Galilee and Israel. He was full of the Holy Spirit, and we want to be like that. And to know that is, is okay. You might have learned that in school. You might have done enough assemblies to twig, oh, that's what happened. But actually, we need to believe it. If you want to be a Christian, if you want to follow Jesus, you need to believe that and profess it with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord and Savior. And that's how you come into relationship with him. You believe in him and you declare him. You repent of your sin and you, and you turn away from that and you come into relationship with him. And I just want to illustrate that as well because... I can take this phone out of its old scabby case, and uh, that's the sinful case. That's the shameful case, the case of sin. And uh, what happens is when we put our faith in Jesus is Jesus, well, he came to fix our inner dysfunction. He came to release us to live transformed life. And what he does, put his robe on you. He He does more than just an outside job. I shall highlight that fact. He does the whole caboodle. He changes the hard drive. He changes everything about us. And he does an immediate work in us. He gives us identity, belonging in his family, in heaven, in Christ. And he does an ongoing work. And it's a transformation. And it takes quite a long time. And I can testify to that. It's still taking time on me uh, to be transformed. And that's why, again, I don't mind going back and doing these Steps again with you going into the transformed life because to step into that transformed life is a wonderful thing. And if you're not a follower of Jesus today, if you wouldn't call yourself a Christian, if I asked you the question, are you born again? And you go, what? Well, that's you. Then if you want to become a Christian, if you want to be born again, then please do come and speak to me because you, you haven't made the transition from the old case into the new one. You haven't been made new unless you have put your faith in Jesus, counted the cost, put your faith in him, and turned away from your sin. And we want to help you do that. So do come and see me if that's you. But really, for the person who is stepping into Christ, that is just the beginning moment. And it's possible to be in Christ and not really know these things. It's possible to be in Christ and not live in the good of it. I know many people uh, in the past who've come right through realizing these truths about themselves. And is that really true of me? And you say, we show them the scripture and they say, yeah. So God gives us the first step, we become a Christian. Then the next one, he wants us to grow and go on this journey of discovering who we really are in Christ, to live our lives in the good of it, in the light of it. And that's really the focus of the series. And it's a wonderful portrait in Jesus that we see of a transformed life. Whenever you read those gospels, that's a transformed life, what Jesus is doing. And so we're going to use Ephesians 1 to 3. And the major focus is this phrase, in Christ. You'll see it a lot. 
Because in 111 of Ephesians, it says it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. That's what we're going to be doing in the next few weeks. We are children of God. We are holy and secure if our faith is in him. And now we've got a place of belonging. We're in a family together in God's family. That's why when I mentioned that offering, the people are far flung. You may never meet any of them now, but you may well meet them when you get to heaven because they're in the same family as you. And we also have a new purpose, a new identity, belonging, and purpose. And I'm praying and hoping for, for you guys uh, and everyone else who's not with us here today that, that joins in with this for lots of, oh yeah, moments where you realize something again and it just comes afresh to you. I'm praying for that. And I'm praying that for us to respond in faith to those, oh yeah, moments where we go, oh yeah, I believe that. <laughs> I've got faith for that. Oh yeah, that's what I want to get into. And so that's why we're going on the journey. And uh, we're going to be doing this in quite an intensive way. And so we provided five different ways for you to receive the transformed life, to renew, to reestablish it as well. And the first one is Sunday teaching. We'll be looking at passages every week. So as has been mentioned, please come ready to worship. Come on time. Come ready to contribute. Come and bless. Come and encourage others among the church so people can gain this revelation of a fresh, transformed life when we get into the preaching. So that once you get to the preach, your heart is already thumping for God from a thorough time of worship and praise. That's why we want to do. Get ready for that Sunday teaching. Next, we're doing uh, our life group kind of learning when we're in life groups again, being honest, being vulnerable, spending time together, asking God um, just two simple questions. Well, asking each other two simple questions, which is, what did you, God say to you through the devotional book? And what if anything, is there that you need to do about it? And it's a very, two very simple questions. And of course, you can still worship and still pray for each other at life group, but those two questions will refocus you on that material. And you can see how important it will then be to take the devotional and read it or listen to it, um, which is here. And they're on the table at the back. That's the third one. There's 50 days in here, and we're going to take a verse uh, or phrase from Ephesians each week and uh, it's really the key element to the series. Uh, we didn't write it, you probably guessed. Uh, Dave Smith wrote it, um, and it's really, really good. And because we're so busy, uh, it's so important to, to take 15 minutes a day to, to take this on and, uh, and sit down and read it, but then also reflect and respond to it as well. Take time out with God to apply the teaching to your life. So it probably takes about six, seven minutes to read, and you've got the rest of that time to talk to God. And to make this as accessible as possible, we have recorded it. And uh, lots of people around the room have uh, spent time reading it out loud into their phone on WhatsApp, and they've sent it in. And so there's 50 days' worth of audio recordings if you are more of a listener than a reader. And if you want to receive that daily, then you just need to send me a message um, today or tomorrow, and uh, I'll send you all the, all, I'll drop you into a WhatsApp group, and you'll get the daily ping that comes up with the audio of one of us, a mystery. From, <laughs> from the church, reading you this material as well. This is how much we want you to get into it. It's how much we want you to absorb it. And then you can take some time out to respond and get into that daily habit of listening or reading through the daily devotional. We've also got memory verses, and Claire, she loves memory verses. Um, I didn't get Claire to put them all to music and sing them to you. That felt like a bit of a big ask uh, for her, but, but you could do that. You could take the verse. You could find a tune you like and put it to music. And I encourage you, try and learn it word perfect. 
See if you can do that. And now, I haven't asked life group leaders to test you. Uh, I, I could. No, I won't. But it, it's, it's good fun to, to do that. And um, we're doing that more so in our household now. And just pinning them up around the rooms helps as well, I find. So that's another way of doing it, weekly memory verse. And lastly, action steps. Uh, we learn best by doing. And so, well, I do. So each week in the devotional book, there are some action steps there, things you can actually do uh, as well as sit and reflect and respond to God. And so uh, I want to ask you over these weeks that we're doing this series, will you commit to those five ways? And just like a new health regime or a diet, you've got to commit to it. You've got you to give to it. You've got to push into it. And um, I just want to ask you if you will do that, and I encourage you to do that. And I want you to imagine with me if we all did it, if we believe in this, uh, in God for this to come about, that we get completely renewed, rebuilt, restored, we reset, and maybe some of us, maybe some people even as they come in for the first time, um, like we saw in the last term, one person came and responded to the gospel, they're now on a discipleship journey, maybe others will come also and join us in this time, and we get to see what God will do in that period. So imagine living this transformed life, secure and clear about your identity in Christ, wouldn't it be wonderful just to wake up every day and just completely believe the truth? That's what, that's what we're going for. That's what we're going for. And so it's an opportunity to press reset, to reboot, recall the truths about who we are in Christ, what we're living for, for and to stir our faith again for the new season, for the next thing, to set our faith aflame again, like a boiler, like a flame in a boiler uh, the old days where they used to go... That's what we want God to do among us in this series. And so I'm going to pray for us, and uh, then I'll hand back to Dale. Father, I do pray and thank you. I worship you. I, I praise you that we have such wonderful fundamental truths in your word. Thank you for this letter that Paul wrote to the Ephesians, Lord. Thank you that we get to dig in to the truths and stand by them, Lord. I pray for us that you would raise our faith that you would raise our excitement, that you would reset us on you again and, and bring us back, God, where we need to be brought back. I pray you'd use that daily devotional, Lord, to speak into our lives daily. I pray that you would bless our life group times, helping us be vulnerable and honest and gracious and praying for one another. And I pray, God, you would be glorified as we take on and step into, and sometimes, and for some of us, back into a transformed life in Jesus Christ. Would you get all the glory, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have you done?